Heavenly Father, I ask you especially use me this morning in a very special way that you haven't done before. That your Holy Spirit can use me in a mighty way and that my words and my thoughts be fully in harmony with your intentions for this morning. Thank you so much, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> you know, this time I would invite you uh, to take your Bibles. Specifically because this faith of Jesus has been misunderstood by many, many people. The best translators and commentators have been wrestling with this and have tried to make it relevant to the community. But unless you understand the prophetic scenario, you don't get the message. And so the faith of Jesus in Scripture, and if you talk, to, look at Romans 3, 21 to 23. What does it say in your version? And the more modern the version becomes, the more interpretive the understanding becomes. That even today, when they characterize the three angels' messages and the result of this, they are keeping the commandments of God and have the faith in Jesus. But the original clearly says the faith of Jesus. So what do we see here? And I'm using here then the King James... But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by what? Do you all have faith of Jesus? And you must have all the King James. But the King James says the faith of Jesus. Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, if we observe this from this text, what do we conclude? That the faith of Jesus brings what? The righteousness of God. Now, think about it. If you translate it by the faith in Jesus... Thus, my faith brings the righteousness of God. Or is it the faith of Jesus? Keep that simply, just keep it in mind. Galatians 2.16 Knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but how are we justified? By the faith of Jesus. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. So you have here the faith of Jesus and the faith in Jesus. That he might be justified by what? The faith of Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now what do you have there? Do you have the faith of Jesus or the faith in Jesus? Both, and you will see that that uh, the more modern translation 
They don't know what, what to do with the faith of Jesus. Is it the possessor from Jesus? And so here then, observation, the faith of Jesus brings justification. Now, if it is the faith in Jesus, it depends more on you. How strong is my faith? And if you are in the battles of life, many times you will realize that your faith is not strong. Yes, you hope, but it is very, very weak. And so here then, you know, the beautiful teaching of justification, it comes from God. And Jesus has it all. And he offers this. Now we continue here, Galatians 3, verse 13, 14, 18, and 22. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. God gave it the inheritance to Abraham by promise, but the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Again, the observation is that the faith of Jesus gives all the promises to the believer. And so you can see here when people say the faith in Jesus, they think that they make it more relevant. You know, and perhaps we can grasp it easy. But if we have no idea what the faith of Jesus means, you know, I know my faith, but I rather would like to exchange it with something more powerful. The faith of Jesus. Think about it. That that faith, that possessive dimension, can be ours. And that makes everything different. It leaves our faith in Jesus sometimes like in the dust. But the faith of Jesus is where I can hang on everything. And this is something that has not been understood by many of our people. Again, Philippians 3, verse 9. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. See? Again, the observation is, the faith of Christ brings to us God's righteousness. And I don't dare to say, my faith in Christ brings me my righteousness. No, friends. It is God's righteousness. And when it is based on the faith of Jesus, I don't need to question this. I don't need to shake. No. Because this is solid. It's there, eternal, leave it us. And then Revelation 12, 13, verse 12. Here's the patient of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. They keep the commandments and they keep the faith of Jesus. You see? That is the result 
of the three angels' messages. So no matter how you explain the three angels' messages, this is the ultimate result. Observation again, the faith of Jesus is characterizes those who proclaim the three angels' messages in the time of the end and warn the world for the coming judgment. And the result is be faithful people that are obedient to God. And the obedience comes through the faith of Jesus. You see the connection? And so it will be good to, for you when you go into, back to your churches to pray about it, especially understand what is the difference between the faith in Jesus and the faith of Jesus. And the literal reading of all those texts is the faith of Jesus. Righteousness, justification, all those things don't come by because of my faith. Think about the contrast. The gift of faith. For by grace you are saved through faith, as not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, let any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so when you look at the spirit of prophecy, and you look at the New Testament church, you see an interesting experience in the life of Paul. The early Christians knew of the faith of Jesus. They were converted to the faith of Jesus. The company of Lystra believers had been converted to the faith of Jesus through the ministration of Paul and Barnabas, Acts of the Apostles 184. Think about it, you know. Are my people converted when I give my Bible studies at the end to the faith of Jesus? Because if everyone would realize what that does, there would not be as many failures in the church. When Paul was, quote, arrested and convicted of his sin, he immediately forsook his evil ways. He didn't need to have time. He immediately forsook it and professed the faith of Jesus. Life of Paul, page 35. And he was able to forsook his evil ways through the faith of Jesus. The Greek Jews had received the labors of the apostles. And many of them had responded to those efforts by embracing, not my faith in Jesus, no. It doesn't make sense. The faith of Jesus. Get hold of him. Grasp him. Because it is offered to us. Spirit of Prophecy, Volume 3, page 327. Uh, The faith of Jesus at the end of time. (coughs) Opposition to God's message on the faith of Jesus. And if you want to get a better picture, you need to go through the four volumes. It's over 1,800 pages of primary source documentation. And you know, the nice thing of those four volumes is It's not the theory so much about justification, but it shows where the rubber meets the road. Justification on the marketplace, in the office, how we talk to each one other about other people. See? Every time, and that was the whole problem after 1888, and, and after the meeting, the group went back to their hotel room, 
and started to joke about the changeable prophet and all kinds of things. And Ellen Knight saw that because he was a present. Isn't it marvelous? And maybe you hope that the prophet is not present there. But you talk to your wife or to your colleagues. But the Lord is always present there. And so here then, the opposition to the messages. She says, I have not left anything undone that they have had any evidence. It was my duty to do. And as far as the Battle Creek is concerned, I can do no more than I have done. Those who have not united with me and the messengers of God in this work, but those who influence has been to create doubt and unbelief, I do not judge. Every jot of influence that has been cast on the side of the enemy, and that's what she comments on what is happening in 1888, will meet its reward according to its work. God was working with me to present to the people the message in regard to the faith of Jesus and the righteousness of Christ. There have been those who have not worked in harmony, but in a way to counteract the work of God has given me to do. I must leave them with the Lord. Just like Jesus says, you know. I will leave Satan with Lord. 1888, manuscripts, page 370 and 371. Again, the opposition. Satan's deceptions for the last generation. For months, my soul has been passing through intense agony on account of those who have received the sophistries of Satan and are communicating the same to others, making every conceivable interpretation in various ways to destroy confidence in the gospel message for this last generation. Isn't it tragic? And the prophet, knowing those things, she agonizes. Sleepless nights. And finally, she took her suitcase and wanted to walk away and go back to Bell Creek. And that night, the angel of the Lord showed her, you stay here. Don't worry about your reputation. They have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. So she unpacked her suitcase and endured the rest of the meetings. It was not very pleasant. And in the special work which the Lord has given me to do, I know that the Lord has given me this work, and I have no excuse to make for what I have done. Selected messages from 3, page 72. Light on the testimony of Jesus. The faith of Jesus is a part of the platform of eternal truth. Quote, God is leading a people out from the world upon the exalted platform of eternal truth. The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Christian experiences and teachings 201. You see here, this is a, a special exalted platform, especially for the last days. 
simply the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And uh, the early review had a banner on top that waved like this, and it says the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And that continues for decades after decades after decades. Now it's gone. Why? Because we don't see the significance of it. If you don't see the significance of this thing, why should you have it there? Observation, the faith of Jesus, was part of the New Testament Christians and is a part of the last generation. What do you say, friend? And so you and I are the recipient of this truth. And it is only when you look from an historical perspective that you see we have lost something. And now we can restore it through God's help. In the time of the end, there is to be a restoration of the beliefs and experiences of the early church. And you and I are part of this restoration movement. Faith of Jesus in the last generation. The third angel is represented as flying through the heaven, proclaiming the commandments of God in the faith of Jesus. This message is to prepare a people for the coming of Christ. Historical sketches 2.34. And if we know the meaning of the faith of Jesus, friends, again, we come back here, that gives power, invincible power to the Roman church. And it will shine out and people will see it. He said, you know, you go to the Adventist church and there you find a powerhouse that our churches cannot offer. See? Do they see the people that are dissatisfied in many of the other churches? Do they see the magnet of the love of Christ, his righteousness, and the offering of the faith of Jesus? Only when they see this shining they will come back to the church. How can I have the faith of Jesus? We must prepare for it following the light. And again, you know, much of our salvation depends on following the light. And if we don't follow the light, and if we reject it, friends, we lose an eternity. Ever are we to keep in mind the solemn thoughts of the Lord's soon return. And in view of this, to recognize the individual work to be done. Through the aid of the Holy Spirit, we are to resist natural inclinations and tendencies to wrong and weed out of the life every unchristlike element. Thus, we shall prepare our heart for the reception of God's blessings, which will impart to us grace and bring us into harmony with what? The faith of Jesus. It doesn't bring us in harmony with my faith, because my faith cannot be bringing any, any merit, nothing. So here again, this is a beautiful statement, heavenly places, page 347 about the meaning of the faith of Jesus and that our purification process through the Holy Spirit and through Christ 
brings us into harmony with that eternal platform that will go all over the world. Revelation 14, 12, a distinct separating message. Quote, God has placed in our hands a banner upon which it is inscribed. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelation 14, 12. This is a distinct separating message. A message that is to give no uncertain sound. It is to lead people away from the broken cisterns of theology that contains no water to the unfailing fountain of the water of life. Counsels to writers and editors, page 11. See, friends, we have to be loose from all the human traditions, all the beautiful, marvelous ideas that are bombarding our mind. We are saturated, bombarded with all the media. And be careful that we don't lose our mind. But they are only broken systems. And so we continue. It is a distinct separating message. And it separates us from what? From the world and from sin. In spite of our sinful nature. Keep in mind, we still have it till the end. But we don't need to participate in the actions. What should be the burden of the last generation? Its message must include the faith of Jesus. And think about it. Every one of our church members should know this. The offering of Cain was an offense to God because it was a Christless offering. The burden of a message is not only the commandments of God, but the faith of Jesus. Gospel Workers, 1892, page 104. And she complains, she says, you know, we have been stressing the commandments of God and the Sabbath. But we have been extremely silent about the faith of Jesus. Because the faith of Jesus is simply the faith of the, in Jesus, as we thought. See? Effect of this message on the last generation. Increased light leads to a thorough reformation. Light makes manifest and reproves the errors that were concealed in darkness. And as light comes, the life and character of man must change correspondingly to be in harmony with it. Sins that were once sins of ignorance because of the blindness of the mind can no more be indulged without incurring guilt. As increased light is, given, light is given, man must be reformed, elevated, and refined by it. Or they will be more perverse, stubborn, than before the light came. Gospel workers, 162. And this is a very sobering statement. And now, friends, when you share with your congregation the messages that you have heard this week, it brings light and some will reject it. 
And some will be leaving your church. But remember that at the same time with this beautiful message, sobering message, you will hand to people the way how to survive. How to enjoy like the Waldenses and the Albigenses. And they will stand though the heavens fall. Friends, it is a beautiful message for the last generation. And the question is, are we preparing our people? You know, if I should walk into your church, I should hear a clear message that says, hey, I am not in a Baptist church, not in a Calvinistic church or a Lutheran church. No, I'm in the Adventist church. And there is an evangelistic dimension with a prophetic circle around for being prepared for Jesus' coming. The faith of Jesus overlooked. It is to be prominent in our message. Alamite says, the faith of Jesus has been overlooked and treated in an indifferent, careless manner. It has not occupied a prominent position in which it was revealed to John. Selected message, volume 3, 168. Friends, I hope that at the end of our meetings, that this will not be said of your church. It will not be overlooked. No, it will be central. And people will rejoice because they will rejoice in the power that is available now to them. And it should be the end of any addictions in your church. And not the obvious addictions of smoking and alcohol and drugs and sex. No. The hidden addictions that you don't see on the outward experience. Because some of us can eat and eat and eat and nobody sees it. Difference. And some of us can eat only a few things and you see immediately the outside. See? But with the faith of Jesus, there will be an end to those things, right? The faith of Jesus and the commandments of God. Need of unity of the law and the gospel. Now, this is a very important concept that is crucial. The third angel's message is the proclamation of the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. The commandments of God have been proclaimed, but the faith of Jesus Christ has not been proclaimed by Seventh-day Adventists as of equal importance. The law and the gospel going hand in hand I cannot find language to express this subject in its fullness. 1888, page 217. Now, if you look very carefully, because it is very easy to go quickly over this, it says here, you know, the equal importance of those things. And then she says, the law and the gospel going hand in hand. So what does that mean? If you look at the gospel, you know, at the result of the three angels' messages, they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus, the law and the gospel. You see how important it is? The commandments of God, clearly, the law. But do we see, do we see clearly that the faith of Jesus is the gospel? See? It is not the faith in Jesus, no, the faith of Jesus. 
And so here, hand in hand, how can you ever keep the commandments of God? It's only through the gospel. How can we do this? Through the faith of Jesus. See? No matter what God calls upon to do, in the faith of Jesus, Lord, we are able to. Not my faith, which is sometimes a series of broken promises. But no, the faith of Jesus. And so this now is the key that you should keep from those meetings here. And don't forget about it. And if you have a danger of forgetting about it, put faith of Jesus on your prayer list. That every day when you go out and say, Oh, Lord, how can I face this day? Yes, you can, my friends. Yes, my son. Yes, my daughter. You can through the faith of Jesus. See? So all of those things, you know, another one is, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Put it on your prayer list. Now, some of you may know it, but most of it, after a couple of months, a couple of years, you forget about it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Domsic, a couple of years ago, he said something, or forget about it. Put it on your prayer list. Don't put me on your prayer list. You know, it is always fine because I need all the prayers I can get with such a message. But uh, this is the effect of the faith of Jesus. The burden of our message is not only the commandments of God, but the faith of Jesus. A bright light shines upon our pathway today and leads to increased faith in Jesus. See, here you see the value of faith in Jesus and the faith of Jesus. So the increased light increases our faith in Jesus. We must receive every day every ray of light and walk in it that we may not be that it may not be our condemnation in the judgment our duty and obligations become more important as we obtain a more distinct view of the truth manuscript gospel workers 1892 verse 104 so I don't diminish the faith in Jesus because unless you believe this <laughs> You know, it doesn't work. You can't get it a part of your life. So you need to have faith in Jesus in order to obtain faith of Jesus. This is clear. See? Don't get confused. But, as I have said, all the other texts, the commentators, they do the very best they can with a limited perspective of salvation. But Seventh-day Adventists have the whole picture. And we can be thankful and as a result, we should be balanced Christians. Balance, balance, balance. And we don't need to hammer that Sabbath after Sabbath after Sabbath. No. Just explain the situation. What would happen if we had accepted the faith of Jesus? Had the whole Adventist body united upon the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus in 1844? How widely different would have been our history? Selected Messages, Volume 1, page 68. After 1888, various testimonies were published on the delay of Christ's return and the insubordination of the remnant. Here's this powerful, beautiful message. And what are we doing with this? 
The Lord has given us the powerhouse that changes people with a sinful nature into lights shining for him with a sinful nature, but not indulging in the sinful nature, not giving way. No. Lord, give me the faith of Jesus to give me the victory. The mission of the last generation. Mission to the world, whole world. As the rays of sun penetrate to the remotest corners of the globe, so God designs that the light of the gospel shall extend to every soul upon the earth. And maybe some of you here may feel the calling. You know, what about China? What about Japan? What about Thailand? What about Papua New Guinea? There you have hardly anyone that can share this message. It is thus that God's purpose in calling his people from Abraham on the plains of Mesopotamia to us in this age is to reach its fulfillment. And he says, I will bless thee and thou shalt be a blessing. Genesis 12, to, to all nations. Again, mission of the last generation. The words of Christ through the gospel prophet, which Abbot re-echoed in the Sermon on the Mount, are for us in this last generation. Arise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Isaiah 60, verse 1. If upon our spirit the glory of the Lord is risen, if you have beheld his beauty, who is the chiefest among the ten thousands, and the one altogether lovely, if your souls have become radiant in the presence of his glory, to you this word comes from the Master's hand. He sends you. He sends you. How much truth has God given to Seventh-day Adventists and what do we do with this? Now, the next statement in my class is the Seventh-day people say, huh, huh, you think, you think, we have the truth, we have the truth? Huh? We are proud, proud, proud. No, no, no. Listen to this testimony here. Christ healed the people and then to those who he healed and to those who had witnessed his healing, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. This work is outlined before what? Those who have entrusted the greatest wealth of truth ever committed to mortals. That's Seventh-day Adventist. The question for us to answer is, are we willing to leave self out of the consideration? Are our energy spent in the master's service are our voices often raised in earnest supplication for power from on high. You know, it's especially the tremendous explosion of light after 1844, you know, when the Holy Spirit started to purify his church. That teachings from hedonism and papacy were eliminated. And this didn't happen to among all the other churches. The other churches went deeper and deeper into darkness. Deeper and deeper in darkness. And God's people, seven the Adventists, are there to do what? 
to share those beautiful promises, to share those beautiful teachings, and give a beautiful holistic picture so that mind, soul, and body are completely revealed. And so when people see the Adventist Church, they notice that we care for the body. The first angel's message is glorify God in your body. You see? And here the Calvinists, here the Lutherans, oh, don't worry about the body. The body. They perish. But it is only the spirit. Friends, this unholistic picture has captivated most of the world. But Seventh-day Adventists will reveal to the rest of the world the beautiful union of the mission of Jesus Christ. And you and I can participate. Even if you had not the opportunity to go to Loma Linda or whatever, don't worry about it. Today is the time to start. Today, look into this. Call upon your leaders here in this conference to help your church to develop this. And I tell you, if your church gets the vision, an evangelistic explosion will take place. You believe that? And that is all revealed in the faith of Jesus. Yes, it is our faith. Is our faith pure and strong? Have we put away all prejudice and evil thinking and evil speaking? In spite of listening and living in a division in which, you know, the issue of compliance is very, very sensitive, don't worry about it. The Lord has not assigned for you to be on the NAD committees. If he has, you can speak up. The Lord has assigned you to grailing, to to what? Berrien Springs, to Grand Haven, to Mackinac Island, whatever. See, that is what the Lord has done. That is your responsibility. And at the end of life, the Lord says, what did you do with my flock? Not in the NAD. No, your flock in Grand Haven. Your flock in Detroit. That's our responsibility. And don't worry about it. You pray for the rest. And you work with the people immediately in your surrounding. Are our eyes open to see the needs of those around us? Can God call us faithful watchmen? This is the Unconference Bulletin, July 1, 1902. And so, friends, there is here an appeal. I want you to take this very serious. In the light of Jesus' great sacrifice on the cross for my sins, I would like to surrender my life fully to him and ask him to give me the faith of Jesus. For what purpose? That allows me to live a victorious life as a witness of Christ's love to a perishing world. See how we can be as stars in the darkness of the last days. Friends, if you're willing to do that, I would like to ask you to stand.
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for allowing me here to share a message that is deep ingrained in my heart. That the faith of Jesus in the three angels' messages may be restored and will make us stars in this world of darkness. That we may be a magnet to the people around us that are searching honestly for the truth as it is in Jesus. And so help our families, help my ministry, help also our churches, our baptismal candidates to get this vision and that it will inspire them to a great sacrifice for Jesus. Those who have sacrificed like Jesus are candidates for the kingdom of heaven. And so pour your spirit in a mighty way that we get here a great revival in the Reformation in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.